Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I hope you are all doing well this week. We are certainly in it. We've got Mercury retrograde. We've got another full moon coming up. The elections are happening. We have got a lot going on these days, and it is certainly easy to get rattled, to often not feel as confident or as powerful, or to kind of shrink back at during times like this when the stress and the tension can feel like so much. I know that my own life has been one of taking one step at a time and plunging into things that I barely had a clue as to what I was doing, and yet somehow forging ahead. And I'm again at this turning point in my life where there's great transformation, as I'm sure there is for you as well. And just as my guest uh, will tell you, uh, it is not just transformation that has to happen, it is excavation that is most necessary. And so I can't imagine a more powerful and potent conversation than the one that we're going to have today regarding brave leadership. And it's about unleashing your most confident, powerful, and authentic self to really get the results you need. And right now, where it seems like we've been sat down, put in time out, and pulled back It also feels like a time where we're about to move forward, and to move forward requires our authentic leadership and us standing for what we truly desire and what we truly aspire to. Abraham Maslow says, what vision do you aspire to? If you really look in the mirror, what kind of person do you want to be? Obviously, this doesn't happen by accident. You have to work for it, train for it. Anything is tough if you want to be good. It's like asking, what do you want to grow into? What does self-actualization mean to you? My guest today is former actress turned authentic leadership expert and TEDx speaker, Kimberly Davis. And she shares her inspirational message of personal power, responsibility, and impact with organizations across the country and teaches leadership programs worldwide most notably her program, On Stage Leadership, which runs in New York City and Dallas, Texas. Kimberly is the author of Brave Leadership, and she has a website that you can go check out and sign up for because she has some upcoming leadership courses that will be uh, unfolding in 2021. But until then, this book just might be the thing that you need as an essential guide to help you uncover your barriers to be brave And to escape the overwhelm and frustration and learn to manage that stress and anxiety, it's time to set the direction for your career and your life. It's time to once again connect powerfully, to feel more confident, courageous, satisfied, and purposeful. And it's time to tap in to the want of the people you lead to get the results that you need. Welcome, Kimberly, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's a delight to have you. Oh, Simran, I am so delighted to be here. I have to tell you, I think that was one of the most lovely introductions to this work and to me I've ever received. So I'm, I'm really grateful that you, you framed this conversation in such a personal way. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, you know, I think, and as you state in your book, leadership is, is very intimate. It is, it is an, a vulnerable adventure. <laughs> 
too dark yeah, it into. absolutely is. And I don't think that that's how it's been framed uh, for most of history. And it's certainly not what we're seeing happening, mo- being modeled right now in the world. But I, I think real leadership that is uh, going to make a difference requires that kind of intimacy. Well, I love how the book begins, just even in the introduction, there were certain lines that really struck me, and I'm going to name a couple of those. One is that brave unfolds one situation at a time. Another line that you have in here is we're all fighting to be ourselves powerfully in this world to be brave. And finally, that you could feel the tension that had built up from years of internalizing the immense amount of change, overload, stress, anxiety, and ambiguity. And you could see it manifest in people's bodies and the way they communicated with each other. And I'm sure with what we've been through this year, not just from the standpoint of COVID, but just from the tension and the stress of everything going on in the world, it has created that much more impact upon us personally, which would have to trickle into our work lives, our careers, our creative pursuits. And so I'd love to dive in right there about really stepping into our bravery one situation at a time. Yeah, thank you so much, Simran. I, you know, so it's so interesting because I could certainly not have foreseen what 2020 would would bring us. And my book launched in in uh, in 2018, and so it is a very different world now than it was two years ago. And um, yet I, you know, as as Dan Pink so graciously said on the cover of the book, I, it, there has never been a better time to be brave. Um, and it, I, and and I think. One of the most important things for us to remember is that is that fact that our brave does indeed unfold one situation at a time. We like to think so often that brave is an all or nothing thing, like you're, you're, you're someone who is fortunate to be born with it, or you somehow win the brave lottery, or it's something you've figured out and you can check the box, and I've accomplished being brave, and now I'm it. And, and um, that's certainly not the case uh, for most human beings, and I, I've yet to meet a human being that that is that that is true for um because we have situations where one situation will will take brave action and the next situation not so much and you know as you mentioned earlier and and i talk about frequently in my book is that that often when those stakes feel high in the situations where we have to do the things that that frighten us or or bring us anxiety or worry us or are stressful or overwhelming in any way feel vulnerable, we oftentimes shrink back. But the other thing that we do, and I think we're seeing uh, we're seeing unfold in in technicolor in our world right now, is we also tend to react. And if we're reacting to the world around us instead of choosing our actions, then our actions cannot be as constructive and powerful as we need them to be in order for us to be effective in the world and particularly in a leadership and influence position. Um, so it's, it's how do you show up as who you truly are powerfully in the world in this, every situation you, that you face. And the, the, the great thing is that um, because it unfolds on a situational basis, is that we always get a redo, which is really nice because sometimes, you know, wow, that last situation, I really blew it. Um, and so the very next situation I get to face, I get to say, okay, how do I want to show up in this situation? What's the impact I want to have? And I get a chance to, to course correct 
and clean it up and, and do things a little differently. But the one thing to remember is that the situation that just happened, the one that, that maybe I blew it where I blew it and I didn't, I didn't show up the way I wanted to show up in that situation. Maybe I reacted or maybe I, I shrunk back and I didn't show up as powerfully as I could or, or whatever that might be that we have to clean it up before we move on. Because if we say something we regret or we say something that's unkind or we do something that is hurtful or has an unintended impact, if we move on as if it never happened, that legacy will follow us and that will have an effect on our ability to lead and influence moving forward. And it, and I think the thing that's really important to remember in that is that it doesn't just affect the relationship of of the people or the person or the people that in which that situation occurred, the bigger, the bigger, and I think even more, uh, more, uh, more challenging thing that happens, um, is, is it, it affects how we feel about ourselves because when we know we're not taking action that is in alignment with who we truly are and how we want and wish to show up in the world in alignment with our values and our purpose, um, we feel it. And we carry that knowing of the fact that we disappointed ourselves with us. And that's what erodes our confidence as we move into forward in our lives. So cleaning it up with other people and cleaning it up for ourselves is equally important. Yeah, it just starts to develop the patterns and the behaviors. And it really is true that how we do one thing is how we do everything. And it is going to be dependent upon our self-esteem and how we view ourselves or the past experiences that we had as you were talking, particularly when you talked about reactivity, it it brought about a thought about we we do tend to be reactive to what's going on outside, whereas it, it appears through reading your book that it is more about being responsive to what's going on inside to know how to inspiredly act and and that elite, you say a leader is someone people want to follow, not have to follow. And when I look back at my life, I don't know that at the time I would have called myself brave in any stretch of the imagination or even a leader. But in looking back, when I was responding from internally what felt authentic and real for me, that is when people tended to listen and tended to gather. So talk a little bit about First, what is a leader? What is leadership? And what does that mean about a leader is someone people want to follow and not have to follow? Well, you know, the first thing that comes up for me when you, when I heard you share that, uh, Simran, is that you are so not alone in, in that experience of yourself and when you don't experience yourself as being brave. I, and I know that that's absolutely true for me as well. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing to write about brave and talk about brave and um, not necessarily feel brave. But that's what's real because that's, that's what it is to be human, right? And, and I think the, the thing about bravery is I don't think bravery lives in our experience of ourselves. I think bravery lives in our actions. So if you're waiting to feel brave, you, you might be waiting for a very, very long time before you actually do anything, right? But so so it, it lives in our actions. And the crazy thing is, is I can point to you and what you're doing in your life, right? I could say, wow, you've started this show and you're doing this whole movement and you're, you've got some really powerful work that you're putting out in the world. I can point to your brave and I can see it and say, wow, 
you know, Simran, you're really brave. But I don't see that in myself. And I think that's true for all of us to some degree. And I think most of the people that say, yes, I'm brave, I'm, I, I think that might be overcompensation. I'm not sure they're necessarily telling them themselves the truth because I don't believe bravery lives in our experience of ourselves. And I think that that's true for leadership as well. I can't, I mean, I have been so incredibly privileged to work with thousands and thousands of, of leaders and emerging leaders and I can probably count on one or two hands uh, the number of people who have said, yes, I am a leader. I think most of us don't, don't identify with being a leader as, as, as uh, we don't self-identify with leadership. Um, other people will look to us for leadership. They will think of us as leaders, but we, we don't necessarily think of that um, our, ourselves as a leader. And one of the things I think is so important to to really tease out is that leadership is very different from having a big fancy title. I can imagine that most most everyone that is that is listening to our conversation today, and I'm sure that you can as well, Simran, think of someone who uh, might be in what would traditionally be called a leadership position, or they have a very very big fancy title, but we don't consider them to be leaders. And um, so what, I, what that does, though, is it actually, it opens up that definition of leadership. When it's not, when leadership isn't anchored in title or position, what that does is it gives all of us access to be able to step into our a leadership role. And what I mean by a, a leader is someone who people want to follow, not have to follow. I don't mean follow like, you know, a lemming follows. I, it's, it's not someone people are just blindly following. I mean, you, you become someone that people want to listen to. They want, they want to give their best in any given situation. They're fully engaged when they're with you. Um, they're, they're, you're, you're someone that they, they believe in. You're someone who they might want to champion. Um, a, a, when we talk about want, a leader is someone people want to follow, not have to follow. Want is not a head decision. Want is a heart decision, right? So want is the birthplace of engagement and trust and loyalty and passion and excitement and uh, and commitment and everything that can make a difference to our organizations and to whatever it is that we're up to in the world. So, so if you cannot connect to the want of the people that you are trying to lead and influence, you, you're not connecting to their heart, which means essentially you're just going to get a paycheck exchange or they're just going to phone it in or they're going to do it out of obligation. And nobody Nobody on this planet gives their very best because they have to. People only give their best because they want to. Now, when you're talking about that form of leadership and so much of the world right now, we're seeing uh, a shadow or a mask that is, is resting there that is wanting to come off. And I think that's why there is a lot of constriction and a lot of the issues that we have going on right now. And when you're talking about leadership. I think there's leadership and then there's authentic leadership. And then there's this other type of thing that is the social media animal or the celebrity yeah. type of thing that yeah. appears yeah. like leadership, but it's it's kind of the shiny bobble. We don't really know if it's real or if it's not real. Can you make the distinction in, in, as to those three? 
Yeah, so, you know, what's coming up for me as you asked her question, the very first thing that came came up for me when I was thinking about this is that I think what, what has happened over the last, I don't know, four to six years, maybe even longer than that. And because it's been, this has been a long time coming, everything that's kind of bubbling up, at least in the United States. And I think it's, it's really a global thing that, that we're seeing is that um, people have been using the tool of fear to drive engagement and drive motivation. And fear is a very, very powerful tool. Um, and, and I, you know, here, here's the interesting thing. I wouldn't say that it's disingenuous, um, that some of the leadership we're seeing is disingenuous. I mean, some of it's very authentic. It's just not authentic in a way that is constructive and responsible. So I, I believe that that fear is connecting to want because people want something want to be saved. They want something different because they're, they're, they're afraid. Um, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a, um, a driver that is going to have a constructive outcome. And so everything I talk about when I talk about brave leadership is about constructive, responsible action to make an impact. And I think that's where the disconnect is, is that, um, people are, are using fear as a strategy mm. to, to get attention and to get to, to, um, yeah, I, I think it's a strategy to get attention and to gain, to gain, um, more, I don't know, not, not just followers, but to, to gain an audience, uh, for, uh, for for their own gain, and um, people get blinded by their own, by fear can be a very powerful blinding force. Um, so people are, are being blinded to to what's really happening around them, and and to whether or not it's serving them or not. So I don't know if that answers the question. Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. My guest today is Kimberly Davis, and she is the author of Brave Leadership. Kimberly will tell you that your unique path has set the foundation for who you are as a leader. It's how you leverage what you've learned from your past, how you can act in the present, and how you shape your future that will determine your outcome. Her own path has been anything but traditional, but has made her who she is and given her a unique perspective and opportunities to lead in ways that she never imagined. What is possible for you is often the way, often way beyond your vision for yourself. I'll repeat, what is possible for you is often way beyond your vision for yourself. You can find out more about Kimberly, her work, her upcoming online courses, and her book, Brave Leadership, by going to braveleadershipbook.com. That's braveleadershipbook.com. We'll be right back after these messages with more of Kimberly Davis and Brave Leadership. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Kimberly Davis is my guest today, and her book is called Brave Leadership. Unleash your most confident, powerful, and authentic self to get the results you need. On a quest to make these powerful conversations more accessible, professional actress-turned-leadership educator Kimberly Davis shares the transformative tools she uses in her workshops to help thousands of leaders worldwide. Drawing from years of working with leaders of all experience levels and industries and the latest research in psychology, sociology, business, and the arts, this provocative and inspiring book Bridges traditional business how-to with a personal development approach to demystify what it takes to be the brave leader you were born to be. That is fascinating that you've come from that acting background, and it is much of the basis in this book, and I really appreciated that, uh, Kimberly. And before we move on to that next topic, I want to just kind of finish up the last thing that we were talking about, and it was that distinction between the many ways that leadership appears Uh, in today's world. And you talk about in the book how people tell you this is transformation, but it's also, you really see it as excavation work. And that leadership that you're talking about really does require us getting to know our true selves and understanding that we're living from that place of deep knowing or deep presence to the wants that we have 
rather than the needs of the outside, which so often is what um, the celebrity world, the political world, the social media world, um, even in business settings so many times, we're often trying to please others to such a degree that we betray the, the truth of ourselves. And so this is powerful work when we're really showing up as the true leaders for our own lives and then in our work environments, our homes and our communities as well. Yeah, well, I think it's it's one of the challenges, um, Simran, that people face is how do I bring my true self to the situations I face when I don't even know my true self? And I think, you know, we've become so accustomed to uh, paying attention to what our customers need from us and paying attention to what our bosses need from us. And, and we, we learn our, the skills we need to do our job in terms of hard skills. We know how to, how to run the, the, the spreadsheets and, and work, all the, work all the documents and everything that we need to be able to do. But we rarely invest that kind of time in knowing ourselves. And I think one of the most important things that people can do, if, if you want to be able to lead and influence others is to is to really step back and get to know who you are uh, from a value perspective to be able to ask yourself what is it I care about most why do I care about what I care about I do what I do for the sake of what what's the impact I want to have in the work that I'm doing because once you can name those very basic questions it can allow you to get the clarity you need to know whether or not your your actions are consistent with who you truly are. But if you don't have that clarity, Simran, it's almost impossible to know, did I have the impact I wanted to have in this situation, yes or no? Well, and it changes not only how uh, people are receiving you and perceiving you, but it entirely changes the experience of yourself all the way down to a physiological level. At least that's what I got uh, in one of the scenarios where one of your clients after a year had picked up the phone and called you after a congratulatory, congratulatory email, and he said he gets to be himself. It's like yeah. I can be me. I can be the real me. And it created, he says, uh, a more easygoing and influential and passionate guy, When even when he's doing the normal stuff. So there is something that happens to us on many different levels the more real we allow ourselves to be, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about, Simran, if, you know, so many of us, and particularly this is true in corporate America, and in particular for the very, very large organizations where there's a lot of bureaucracy and, and levels of levels of leadership, and, and um, many, many people feel like they have to go to work every day wearing a mask, like they cannot show their true selves. And uh, that's an exhausting place to be, to not be able to, to feel like you have to be someone that you're not, to be, not to be able to show yourself, takes an extraordinary amount of energy every single day. Um, and so that alone uh, is going to have repercussions in terms of our health and, well-be- health and well-being. And that alone is going to affect how well we can connect or not to other human beings. And if we can't connect, um, there's no way we can get to that want to their hearts, and thus we won't have the ability to effectively lead or influence. Mm, you're speaking my language when you talk about humanity. I, That is so much of my own work is really helping individuals understand 
how important our own humanity is before even going out and try to save all of humanity. We have to save our own. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, you I think right? that's exactly right. It's, I mean, we get so focused on, on what we need to do in the world that we don't know how to be in the world. Well, you say it powerfully uh, in your third chapter. You've got to be willing to see the goodness and beauty in those you'd prefer to condemn and truth and frailty in those you'd like to worship because that's what's real. You've got to accept being human and all that means the humanity of your boss, your coworkers, your direct reports, your suppliers, your competitors, and your customers your own humanity. And that's just the thing. I think when we get into sometimes our business environments or our tasks, all of a sudden it becomes more about the doing that it's like we gloss over the mask. We put the mask on other people as if they are not allowed their humanity either. So I love the fact that you bring that level of compassion and witnessing into leadership that I've not seen before. Well, thank you, Simran. And I think the other thing is, is that we make decisions about people uh, really quickly based on their behaviors or, or how they show up in the world. And often we're making decisions about them based on the mask that they are wearing to protect themselves in the world in some way or to be who they think they should be in, in the world. And so we can't really get anything done and connect from that heart level that we need to need to connect with if we walk into the situation having decided about who these people are and we, we walk in carrying our judgments with us. And, you know, I have to tell you, sometimes this can be a really hard thing to do. Like, I'm having a very difficult time right now getting out of the decisions I've made about people and the, the judgments I have in a political sense right now. Um, but what I find find is really helpful is if I can go down to the root of what causes the behavior. You know, what when when someone feels like they need to be a bully, nobody who feels good about themselves has to hurt other people. And so then I rec- then I can see the person that's hurting underneath it. Now that doesn't excuse the behavior, but it helps me understand a little bit better about what's happening. And I can approach the situation more from an empathy standpoint rather than a judgment standpoint, which is always going to be more helpful. Well, you know, I think What this also does when we see these different models in society, whether it is at the political level or whether it is the CEO of a company or a manager that we have, if if they are the type of leader that uh, is not heart-centered or does not see the people around them or is not a we player as opposed to a me player – Oftentimes, there can be this approach of not wanting to be a leader. You actually have that in the book where one of the young women stood up in your workshops and says, I don't want to be a leader if I have to be like the other leaders of my company. And I think that's something that a lot of people are facing. I think that some people are waking up to the idea of, is this what kind of leadership I really want to see in my world? And is that what I'm being told leadership is? So we're redefining now what that means. Exactly. And that is what I find so incredibly exciting. So it's it's exciting and it's a little bit overwhelming as well because we are at a precipice of a new era. And when we look at our organizations in particular, right, um, if you go back uh, 10, 15 years, maybe 15, 20 years now, um, the predominant way of leadership was command and control and authoritarian authoritarianism in our in our workplaces, and we're seeing it also play out in the, in the on a global 
uh, stage. Um, but when you look at what was needed from a leadership perspective in, in that time in the world, that kind of leadership really was developed during the industrial age when, when people weren't required to think uh, think strategically for the business. They weren't required to manage their own time and resources. They weren't required to to perform exponentially more for less. They weren't required to care about the work that they were doing in order to do a good job. Uh, but you fast forward now that we've had the explosion of globalization, we've had the explosion of technology. It is a completely different world of work than it used to be. And so that kind of leadership comes with consequences. Uh, so authoritarianism and command and control leadership simply doesn't work in this day and age because what happens is if you go into a, a meeting and you start threatening people and you start um, you start yelling at them and you're asking them to give exponentially more and you're asking them to bring their problems to the table. What's going to happen is you're going to say, does anybody have any questions? Nobody is going to feel the emotional safety to say what's real. So you're not going to hear about any problems. You're not going to hear about anybody's great ideas. You're not going to see when there are things that are going wrong. And in this uber competitive environment, you can't succeed unless people are willing to say what's real, give you the best ideas, talk about what where the problems are, and come with, come up with solutions. Um, you, you, we cannot survive if people need to be told what to do every second because it's a different world and the world is moving too fast. And so what's, what is important for us to remember is that particularly in the C-suite now, in your executive leaders now, they learned how to lead in a very, very different era with a very, very different kind of workforce that had very, very different kinds of needs. And so that's what was modeled for them. That is what they are modeling for the people who are learning to lead from them. So from the director level and the manager level, they are learning from, from people that led in a very different world. And what we need to recognize with the emerging leaders, in which I, I pretty much consider all of us to be emerging leaders, um, need to recognize is what worked yesterday, what worked in the old world of work doesn't work in today's world of work. And so we have a responsibility to, to bring a new kind of leadership to the people that we lead and influence. Now, the challenge in that lies that we have to, um, we cannot make the, the people that are senior to us wrong. We cannot decide that they are simply bad leaders. No, they, what they, the way that they lead worked very effectively in the time that they learned how to lead. But we have to recognize that we have to lead in a new way. So we have to, we're, we're the bridge into the future today, which is a tremendous responsibility and also a very exciting place to be. Mm. Vulnerability really does have a, a big piece of that. And so often in vulnerability, we use a lot of different strategies to protect ourselves, to really avoid expressing that heart and those feelings because we don't feel we can in those types of environments. Can you talk about some of the ways that we hide? Oh, my gosh. The number of ways that we hide are as numerous as we are people. Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, some of us will hide by not saying anything in meetings when we have we, we all ha- when we have something very important to contribute. Some some of us will hide by um, by inundating ourselves with keeping ourselves buried in work. Um, and numbing ourselves out by we've got so many numbing strategies nowadays that um, that we can we can disappear into email, we can disappear into social media, we can disappear into online shopping or gaming or you know uh, alcohol or you know there's a million different ways that people can numb out these days. Um, we hide uh, from ourselves by keeping ourselves so busy that we don't tell ourselves the truth about things. There are a million different ways to hide, but until we're able to tell ourselves, be truth tellers with ourselves and get real with ourselves, it's hard to create any change. And unless we're willing to do that, uh, it's going, we're not going to be able to be as effective as we can be. Kimberly Davis says that the problem is everything that can make our companies great is hidden behind those masks and that armor and those cloaks. Creativity engagement, passion, commitment, excitement, loyalty, joy, and trust are all activities of the heart. They come from caring and connection and are accessed through vulnerability. If we want a culture filled with creative, engaged, passionate, committed, excited, joyful, and trusting people, we have to make it safe for them to take down those masks, to take off that armor, and to remove those cloaks. If we want to have relationships that make our businesses work, then we have to stop treating them like transactions. Nobody gives their best for a simple exchange of value. Not employees, not suppliers, not our clients, and not you. It is definitely a heart thing. But we're all running around our work world disguised and protected. Most of our weirdness and ineffective behaviors are simply because our disguises don't fit anymore. We don't feel safe. We're overly critical of ourselves and afraid of saying the wrong thing. All of it stems from trying to protect ourselves, trying to prove ourselves, or trying to be something that we're not. Our power, our best self, and our ability to powerfully connect with others lies behind the mask that needs to come down. It's time to get real. This is from the book Brave Leadership by Kimberly Davis. It is time for you to unleash your most confident, powerful, and authentic self and get the results that you need. You can find out more about all of her work and sign up for her newsletter and be notified of upcoming courses at braveleadershipbook.com. That's braveleadershipbook.com. She is also one of the features in this month's issue of 1111 Magazine, so I invite you to go and read that and explore it. It is free on the 1111mag.com website, along with many other beautiful features in that issue on uh, intimacy. So definitely check that out uh, as well. We'll be right back after these messages with more Brave Leadership. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation 
Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Growing up, goals were always a very big piece of uh, my life. It was something that we were taught as children to really set. And then going into schools and the way our society is, it also engenders really creating the goals or having a vision. Even in spirituality, it's always about putting forward that vision that you want way out over there. And ambition became a really big part of my life. I have come to discover that ambition can be quite the shadow, and I am finally cured of all of that (laughs) goal setting and ambition. But there is a section in Brave Leadership that was just so powerful that that I actually snapshotted it and took it to my son because on his own, he is already one of those kids that for some reason wants to set those goals and feels like he has to be enough by what he achieves later on down the road. There's a powerful writing in here uh, by Eric Warner, When ambition is your God, the office is your temple, the employee handbook, your holy book, the sacred drink, coffee, is imbibed five times a day. When your worship ambition, there is no Sabbath, no day of rest. Every day you rise early and kneel before the God ambition, facing in the direction of your PC. You pray alone, always alone, even though others may be present. Ambition is a vengeful God. He will smite those who fail to worship faithfully, but that is nothing compared to what he has in store for the faithful. They suffer the worst fate of all, for it is only when they are old and tired, entombed in the corner office, that the realization hits like a biblical thunderclap. The God ambition is a false god and has always been. 
And you talk about the problem with goals, and that one is going to probably hit a lot of people right in the gut because we've been trained to have goals, Kimberly. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, and Sarah, let me be clear. It's not that goals are bad, right? So, but, it, but goals in of themselves are not enough. And because so often we get so myopically focused on this goal that we don't look at everything. Uh, we, we stop looking at our life holistically, right? So um, I, one of the things I, I mentioned in my book uh, is that my husband ha- was we what took us from Seattle to Dallas is he got this great job offer. It was a really what he would have called a sexy job offer. He you know he had a big fancy title and he got this big office with floor to ceiling glass windows on the you know I don't know what floor it was. It was up high with this fantastic view and it was you know that was one of his goals to to get this fancy title and a great office and a nice salary and and um, but. Within weeks, he hated the job. He hated his office. He hated pretty much everything about it. Um, so he'd hit his goal, but he was completely unhappy. And, and I think the reason behind that was he, you know, he was after knocking off that goal. It felt really great to be offered that job, but he hadn't done the due diligence on himself to know himself well enough to know whether or not that would be satisfying work for him to know to be able to ask the right questions about about what were the values of or the or of the organization were that were those values in alignment with his values to to meet with the people in the organization before he took that that job offer to ensure that these were people that would collaborate in the way that felt good to him and it goes back to that question that we were talking about earlier if you don't know yourself hitting that goal is not going to be enough and then that's that's the way um, goals are with a lot of things you see a lot of people who will work 24/7 not Non-stop, and you know, one of the things early in my sessions, I had, um, I was when I I ran a program called On Stage Leadership, which was the precursor to to Brave Leadership, and and I still run On Stage Leadership, but. Early in in the days of my business, this is back in 2008, I had a partnership with a nonprofit called Executives in Action, and uh, I was I launched my business in Dallas, and Executives in Action was a nonprofit because if you remember 2008 was when the economy totally exploded and so there was a lot of people being laid off especially in the Dallas area um, and so executive in, in action worked with C-level executives who were unemployed who had lost their job and partnered them with um, nonprofits for high-level consulting for free while they were in the middle of their job search and so I was working with uh, dozens and dozens of of these C-level executives who would find their way into my programs and they will have, you know, they were, to be in the C-level, you've usually been in your career for 20, 30 you know, sometimes longer years. And all of them had had big jobs and big titles and sent the, their kids to great schools. But most of them were on their second or third marriages. Many of them had had very serious health problems. Most of them had missed the Boy Scout meetings and had missed, um, you know, taking pictures with their daughter at prom and and doing some of those really meaningful things that when you look back at the, in the course of your life, no one says, you know, did you did you work 60 hours a week to get that proposal done? Or, you know, did your daughter think you were a great dad? 
you know, what was what's more important. So here these executives are sitting in my classroom and they're looking at the course of what we as a society would say was a very, very successful career. And they were looking at their life and they were thinking, what is it all for? Who am I? I don't know why this mattered. And and I think it's because they were so focused on hitting these goals and so focused on being who they thought they should be that they never took the time to really get to know themselves and what was it that they truly wanted for their lives. What did they want their life to look like from a holistic standpoint? And that's not to say that you can't, you know, can't work long hours and you know, do big projects and, and, you know, have big dreams and big goals. But what I'm saying is if you don't anchor those goals into purpose and they're not in alignment with your values, then you could be working really, really hard and sacrificing your life, um, uh, your, your life and your happiness for something that in the, in the end is not what you truly want. Yeah, I love the word satisfied. That's a question I always ask myself about everything these days is, does it satisfy me or is it fulfilling? Because I think that is ultimately going again back to the heart and the soul of of our inner life so that we can create that greater outer life. So in opposition to the goals, can you talk a little bit about super objective and intentions? Because that seems like that's more heart aligned as opposed to the mental thinking of setting a goal. Yeah, absolutely. So a super objective is essentially your purpose in action. So it is it is it is what is the impact that you want to have? What drives you from that internal space, from that heart space? What do you want more than anything in the world? What gets you up out of bed in the morning? So that's what your super objective is. So um we always frame a super objective using active language, using active verbs, because it puts you on an active path. So you, you begin to un- understand your super objective by asking yourself some, some very basic questions. Why do I, you know, I, why do I care? I do what I do for the sake of what? Who or what do I want to impact the most? And what is the impact that I want to have? And when you can answer those questions, then you can get to a real clarity about what drives you, what's most important to you. So for example, my super objective is to connect people to the best of who they are. That's my super objective. That's why I do what it is I do. That's why we're having this awesome conversation, Simran. That's why I get up every morning at 5.30 in the morning to write. That's why before COVID, I was on airplanes all the time. That's, that's why I do everything that I do. And it gives me a very clear measurement that I could say, did I do that in this situation or did I not? You know, when I teach a class, I teach for Southern Methodist University for the Cox School of Business. When I when I teach a class, did I connect those individuals in that classroom to the best of who they are, yes or no? Now, you would look at the content that I teach, what I, you know, I teach executive presence, I teach authentic leadership and authentic influence. The content that I teach is my vehicle to achieve my super objective. But in of itself, that is not enough, right? So I, I achieve my super objective through the content. So in when I'm teaching, I'm always asking myself, did I connect this person to the best of who they are? Yes or no. Did I connect this person to the best of who they are? Yes or no. And I use the content in order to achieve that super objective. So what that allows me to do is in every situation in my, my life, 
I can hold myself to that measure. Did I connect this person to the best of who they are, yes or no? When I write, did I, am I connecting my readers to the best of who they are, yes or no? The byproduct then is the results. And this is where it's where it's backwards for a lot of people. A lot of people where we look at we look at the numbers. We want to measure our we want to measure ourselves on the numbers. But I really believe that our results are a byproduct of the posit, the, the powerful actions that we take in our lives. So I can go into every situation I face and I say, did I connect through when in writing my book? Do, did I connect my readers to the best of who they are? The byproduct is is if I achieve my super objective, the byproduct is yes, people will buy more books. The byproduct is, yes, people will call me and say, hey, let's have a great conversation on, on the radio. The byproduct is, is I will make more money. But those are all byproducts of what it is I'm up to in the world. Now, if I focused on I want to sell books, I want to get on X number of podcasts, I want to make X dollars, I might not show up as the best Kimberly that I could be. Mm. But, but if I can anchor myself, every situation I face... What's the impact I want to have? I want to connect this person or these people to the best of who they are. What that allows me to do is to stop thinking about myself. And this is where it gets really powerful. Because what happens, if you look at the traditional definition of brave, Simran, the way we divide brave in the, the uh, dictionary is to be willing to face and endure danger or pain. And... Uh, you kind of have to go, well, gosh, no wonder we're not terribly excited about that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but yet at the same time, what do we do when we find ourselves in these high stakes situations? We think, oh, my gosh, I want to be brave. I want to be brave. And what happens is that the amygdala in our brain, the amygdala is in charge of um, our our. Uh, our emotion management. It's, it's really tasked with keeping us alive. So when it senses danger or pain or vulnerability, what it's going to do is it's going to flood our bodies with cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And that stress hormone is going to have an effect physiologically. It's going to make our breathing get more shallow. It's going to make our hands maybe sweat. Our muscles might tense. Um, all of those sensations that we associate with, I'm afraid, or I don't want to do this, or I'm uncomfortable, that's coming from the cortisol. And what that does is it stops us in, in our tracks because it's the amygdala's way to keep us alive. It wants you to fight or freeze or flee. But it's really, it's next to impossible to, to take constructive, responsible, brave action in the face of, of being flooded with cortisol. Whereas instead, if you can instead focus, uh, instead of focusing on what do people think about me, I might make a mistake, I might look silly, I might fail, all of those things that we tend to focus on when we're in a high stakes situation, if we can instead focus on our super objective, what's the impact I want to have? I want to connect this person to the best of who they are. That's where I'm focusing all my attention. I focus all of my attention on that. What happens is there is no room in my brain to focus on being afraid. There's no room in my brain to focus on what do you think about me? Am I making a mistake? There's no room mm. for my brain to focus on the pain and danger. What happens is, is that, be, that, that essentially cuts off the cortisol so you can take powerful action in the situation that you're facing. Thank you, Kimberly Davis, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. There is so much in this book. I highly recommend you pick up your copy of Brave Leadership today and embark on this journey 
for yourself throughout the rest of this year so that you can step into greater and greater brave leadership as we move forward. Kimberly Davis would say, if I were to be true to who I am at my core, my real best, most powerful self, and focused on taking constructive action to make an impact, what action would I take? That's the key to being brave. And we're going to close out the show with the Brave Leadership Manifesto. We believe that our best lies in being more of who we really are, not less. That everyone has the ability to make a positive impact. That we are all far more powerful than we know and the true power comes from within, not from a title or a position. That being anchored in purpose gives us the presence we need to influence and helps us bring the courage to take risks. That mindful, constructive action is a worthy pursuit. That compassion and empathy matter. That embracing our humanity is crucial. That there is power in vulnerability. That we can always be better. That there is always something to learn and ways to grow. That real connection as a leader, a presenter, a colleague, as a human being is key to success. And that extraordinary results are simply a byproduct of us showing up as authentically and powerfully as we can. That is Kimberly Davis's definition of brave leadership. So what is the impact that you're here to make? Thank you again, Kimberly Davis. My guest next week is Dr. Bernie Siegel, and we are going to discuss all of his amazing work, so definitely tune in. Until then, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.